guys? We're back for another exciting episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play, and I am pumped for today's guest for a couple of reasons. One, I know the guy. I've had the chance to meet this guy several times, and, he's, and, and quite frankly, he comes to see me, which is awesome. I mean, he's always in Naples doing, doing something. I've had the chance to sit there and share lunch with him. He came. We had coffee. Like, the guy is just, he's a good dude, right? But he's also one of the best artists I've maybe ever seen. Like, when I talk about art, like, unbelievable quality. And when, when he starts talking here in a couple of minutes, you'll see a painting that he did right behind him from the home of golf. I actually have a print from the home of golf, a painting that he did hanging. I had it framed, hanging on my wall. It is just awesome because I played the old course last year and to be able to have met him knowing that he's not only been there, but he's painted the golf course, like just a pretty cool thing, right? And it's signed, whole nine yards. But tonight we're going to talk about art and we're going to go into a couple of really specific paintings that he's done. We're going to find out more about what his favorite paintings are, and we might have a special treat towards the end of this episode. So tonight we have Graham Baxter from Baxter Art with us. He is just a wizard when it comes to this stuff. I don't know how he does it because his paintings are almost surreal. Now, before we get started, if you're watching at home, make sure you click the subscribe button down below. That's the easiest way to make sure you get every episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play delivered to you. It comes out every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. If you don't like looking at us, that's fine. Go over to iTunes and Google Play and subscribe to the podcast. Just as easy. Same thing. Comes out Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. But whatever you do, if you subscribe, make sure you turn notifications on. That is the easiest way to make sure you get a notification via email every time an episode of this hits on Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. But let's just jump into it. we got Graham Baxter with us. He is a stud when it comes to drawing and painting golf. Graham, welcome to Hashtag Wednesday Match Play. Give us an overview of who you are, what you do, and so good to see you, my friend. Oh, my God. That was some introduction. I don't know what, what you've been taking, but I need some of it as well. That was amazing, amazing. Yes, I love coming to see you at Tiburon. It's a fabulous place, and you do such a good job there. And it may honor's mine coming on your show tonight, to be honest. And uh, it's a real thrill. And, and what I do, that was the question. Give, give us an overview of what I do. Well, I've been um, painting golf paintings for 32 years now. Um, I've been uh, official artist for the Open 27 years. I was artist for the Ryder Cup since 1991. And I'm, I'm doing a, well, I think you said we're going to do a pretty special unveiling later on. Yeah, yeah I think maybe. we might have a little like world world premiere of something that you have. Yes, I think that's probably something I've just finished, which uh, relates to this year's Ryder Cup. So this will be the last Ryder Cup I'm doing. So I've been doing that. I've been artist for the Presidents Cup, for the PGA Tour, World Golf Championship, Solheim Cup, and a whole bunch of others. And uh, I just love it. I've got passion for golf, a passion for painting, and I combined the two 32 years ago, and I've just. Uh, Never looked back since. That is awesome. Well, you got a painting right behind you there of one of the most famous golf courses on the planet, if not one of the most famous locations on earth. And that bridge, one, you've been there, so you know this, but that bridge is the most underwhelming thing that is the most iconic <laughs> thing in the history of the game. Like it when might... I saw it, I was like, that's it? And I couldn't get <laughs> off of it. I'm, I'm standing on it when I played, and I went there the next Sunday when the course was closed, and it's just such an impressive thing to, to be so iconic, but you've obviously been to the home of golf. You've painted that golf course over and over again. So tell us a little bit about the painting that's right behind you there. Well, um, I don't know if underwhelming is the right word for the bridge, because to be honest, that's the iconic bridge of golf. It's uh, every, here's something you probably don't know, but every great golfer that's ever lived has walked across that bridge, except Ben Hogan. I did. Won the 
You you knew that. You knew that. Oh, I can't believe it. I would never have thought of that until you said that, though. So. All right, right. Now, Ben Hogan uh, won at Carnoustie, which is across the water, but he never managed to get to St. Andrews. He was due to get a car to bring him over on the Monday, and the car never turned up. And of course, in the 50s, you couldn't exactly call Uber and, you know, come across and jump the car and get over there. So, um, you know, that's the RNA, Royal and Ancient, and that's the museum up there. Um, Martyr's Monument, this is called Hamilton Hall, and then it's now called Hamilton Grand, which has been taken over uh, wonderfully, uh, been put together again beautifully by Herb Kohler. And uh, this is the Rusak's Hotel here. I had my big 6 birthday this year in this little house here, which is uh, just on the 18th green. A friend of mine, Jim Kinnear, owns the house, and I had my little party there, and we had some golf for a couple of days. Uh, I'm a member of St. Andrews, which I don't know if you knew that or not. I did uh, not know that you were a member, but John Boyne, who's a good friend of mine, who's a caddy there, is also a member. And he took me in and had a couple of pints and walked all the way up to the top. And oh, you're talking about the St. Andrews Club, aren't you? Yeah, well, I, I'm a member of the new club, which is here. Just here. And it's called- member that I played with is a member of the new club, and we had lunch at the new club. <laughs> Ah, what's called, that? you know why it's called the new club? I don't know, actually. Because it's only 120 years old. Oh, that's so new. <laughs> well, you had to say that. I had to say that. So this bridge, going back to the bridge and the iconic bridge, this is possibly at least 700 years old, possibly even Roman. You don't even know. So, I mean, that's pretty darn cool if you ask me about that. You know, and of course, we can't play golf here on a Sunday. It's, it's closed for playing. You know, people take their picnics and go and sit in the 17th green, sit and open your sandwiches. It's fantastic. It's a that, great, that great fact country. that it's closed on Sundays might be the most unbelievable loss of revenue that I don't even care about. And I don't think they do either because no, that's not the point. It's a park on Sunday, and that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. And this is very unusual because normally you build houses around a golf course. Well, this is a, a city built around a golf course. As against, uh, you know, a little some houses around around the course, but this is to me, uh, it's one of the greatest golf courses. It gives you this feeling in your heart when you arrive there every time. When you see the spire, you see the RNA, you see Hamilton Grand. You're driving in from a distance. It just it makes you feel like that every time. And, and, uh, and I've had a hard time putting it into words because I've I've tried talking to a couple of people. And I can tell you a little bit about this or a little about that. Like, but the whole the just the feeling as a golfer and even as a non-golfer, but as a golfer what that meant to just see it and to be there and to see how compact everything is. You're standing on the first tee and you're literally almost going to yeah. hit your driver on the back of the RNA. Like, I mean, it's right there. Like there's not a lot of space there. And were, were the people there when you teed off? So it was a little too early. John joined me. He was there. I met him on the first tee and he followed me on one. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I'm coming up 17, I hit it over the, the wrong O in the old course oh. hotel I was in the left rough, hit a six iron, the rough caught it, I was left of the green, I was short, hit a wedge to an inch. Like, it was crazy. There's 30 people, they're all clapping, right? And so that was fun. And then another friend of mine was standing on eight, and I didn't know he was going to be there, so I hit my second shot on 18. That, that false front is about the size of a skyscraper. That is such a big... Oh, yeah. That's called the valley, valley of Sin. I went into the Valley of Sin, and as soon as I get done... I shake hands with everybody in my group, and he's standing there clapping, and I see him, and just, the day was literally the most perfect day. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was cold. Uh, I was under par through two holes, by the way, so 
Never mind wow. the double, double, double that I had after that. But I was under par on the old course. So that's all I care about. Well, that, and, that's important. I've never been under par on the old course in my life. And I, I've been a member for 25 years. And I'm a good member, though. I go into the clubhouse, uh, sit and have a cup of tea, uh, have a bacon roll, read the newspaper, and leave. <laughs> You're the perfect member right there. I don't take any tea times. But uh, oh, St. Andrews is uh, my sister was a teacher at St. Leonard's. This is where I did my first ever golf painting. And, uh, you know, I've just had this affiliation with St. Andrews. It's part of the history of what I've, what I've done, what I've created over the years. Oh, that's so awesome. We can just talk about St. Andrews for the next half an hour if you want. Now, <laughs> not including St. Andrews, you've been and have painted some of the most prestigious golf courses in the world. So not St. Andrews. What is the most prestigious place that you've visited and had the chance to paint? Well, you know, I'm going to say Augusta, of course. Uh, I met uh, Jackson Stevens a number of years ago. Ray Floyd was a, a big collector of my artwork, and he was a really close friend of uh, Jackson Stevens. And and uh, Ray's wife, Marie, who's uh, since passed away, she uh, introduced me to Jackson Stevens, and uh, he invited me to come out there and, and paint the golf course and play around the golf with him and Ray Floyd which I was too embarrassed to take up. I was just a young fellow at the time, but I said, no, and I hate telling this story, but it's true. I never did go play with Ray and Jackson Stevens. However, he invited me to come out. And when I went out there, he had a golf cart for me and I had the place to myself for about uh, two days, just driving around. And it was just amazing. There's one group of players in two days. That Augusta, it's incredible. So you've not, you've not played the course then? Ah, so as I mentioned, my 60th birthday there this year, uh, my, my good friend, Gavin Hastings, who's um, Scotland's greatest ever rugby captain, uh, said, for your birthday, I'm taking you to Augusta to play your first ever round of golf. And that was in March. That was two weeks before the Masters. That is uh, unreal. Sorry, uh, just a few days before they were closing the course. And our, our host um, uh, was one of the, the gentlemen that organizes the event. And uh, Pat Battle is his name, wonderful gentleman. And we stayed in the, in the cabins. And um, the only other group that were there in the cabins was uh, Rory McIlroy in the, the cabin next door to us. And he came out to say hello to Gavin Hastings, a famous rugby player. I said, Gavin, how are you? And so we're chatting away and Gavin says, this is my friend Graham Baxter. And he looked at me, I've never met Rory. He looked at me and he said, I've got two of your paintings before he even said who I was. And I said, Rory, I said, I know your dad really well. I've met him many times at the Open and his dad was with him and he was in the other cabin. So it's kind of fun. But uh, Augusta is a place that is wonderful. I've painted the 16th, I've painted the 12th, I've painted the 13th, painted the 11th, um, done these paintings over the years. And uh, it's a wonderful place. Pebble Beach, oh my goodness, it's beautiful. I love Pebble Beach. There's so many incredible views. The 7th, uh, I've painted the seventh i've painted the eighth i've painted the 16th i've painted the 17th and i've painted the 18th over the years i've painted the seventh several times i have to say and uh that's a wonderful place one of the most dramatic places i've ever visited in my life is old head which is in ireland i don't think you're going to get to see that this year because you're up in the north but that's an amazing golf course it's, the golf course is good but the setting is unbelievable so um, that would be probably three of my best. Well, to Rory, I'm playing his home course, Royal Portrush, the home of the Open Championship next year. So I, uh, that'll be a nice little treat to be able to see that. And I'm not Rory's biggest fan, I must admit, but I'm Tiger's fan. So, I mean, he's all around me, right? But 
it'll be neat to be able to see that. My very good friend who's been on this show, he was actually episode 100 of the hashtag Wednesday match play. And he's going to be meeting me in Dublin and driving us up. We're playing Royal Port Rush. Uh, I don't even know what day we're playing actually next week sometime. So you'll, uh, Royal you'll Port Rush is just amazing. You're going to love it. Good. I have I no idea. I did a wee painting of the 14th hole and it looks out over the sea and you can see a castle in the background. It's called Dunluce Castle. So check that out. That's one of their uh, iconic par fours. That's awesome. Now, as a painter, you got to make a mistake every now and then, right? So when you make a mistake, do you ditch the whole painting? Do you call it kind of a Bob Ross happy accident? Do you fix it? Kind of what happens if you make a mistake while doing a painting? Oh, it's easy. It's all painting my number. So I just kind of fill in the number, you know, number seven green. No, I'm only kidding. No, I paint with oil paintings. And if I do something that's not quite right, you know, I've made the bridge too high. Um, how I do my paintings, that we're talking technical, is I do, unlike most artists that draw the picture in first, maybe draw it in and then start to fill it in that way. I don't draw anything. I use a paintbrush and just use, put a line in like that. There's my horizon. So I'm actually not, I don't draw it. I just use a brush to brush it in to start it off. And then I can see the painting finish before I start it. And I'm able to get the composition, you know, maybe the horizon within half an inch or an inch uh, straight off. And then maybe I'll move it up that half inch or move it down a quarter of an inch to get the balance of the picture perfect. So I don't, I don't use a pencil and I don't use a ruler, which is kind of a bit strange when you look at some of these tight lines in this, you know, takes me a little bit of time. If you were to take a, a straight edge along uh, along that, you'd probably find it's not quite as accurate as you might think. But to the eye, it's what it needs to be. If I used a ruler, I would be a graphic artist. And if you're a graphic artist, buy yourself a photograph. I'm a traditional artist, and it's a big difference between that and a graphic artist. That is just so crazy cool, like the skill that you have. And I've, I mean, I've met artists, I've met graphic artists. I studied graphic design for two years when I first started college, ended up getting mm -hmm. a degree in engineering and that seemed to have paid off because now I work in marketing. So I mean, it sounds like I did the right thing there, but I just, I'm so impressed by like the detail of the, the print that you gifted to me of St. Andrews. I look at it daily, it's hanging right there in my office. I walk in every day and I, I, I'm always looking for something different of something that, I mean, because I was there and I know the whole, and I remember like everything. Like you talk about the RNA and the, you know, the St. Andrews club and the, and the shop and the new club and all that. And just, it's like, there's no, that's really appreciated you saying that because what I'm trying to do, and I was, I was artist for the open for 27 years. I would go to the open after 25 years, this RNA member came to me and said, you know what you've been doing for the past 25 years? I said, yeah, I've been painting all the great links courses of Britain and the, the, and the open rotor. He said, yes, you have. He said, but you've also been recording golf history. And I thought, it's like a light went off. And I realized I only paint eight paintings a year. And you know what? Most artists will paint maybe five a week for an exhibition they've got in two weeks' time. I can't. I, I, it's not I can't do that. I could paint in that style. But I, I choose to do this because it's... It's technically accurate, but it's not graphically accurate. It's, it's still a painting, but it's recording golf history. So I love to see the shape of the greens, the Valley of Sin just in this little bit here, all the undulations of the fairway, because golfers will say, God, you know, I hit that bump there and it rolled down and it rolled over there. Oh, my goodness. So there's all these little stories. And I mean, all the brickwork and, and, and the rock work in this is correct. And the, 
and they all wood there and everything is as it is but it's not photographically as it is it's, it's still painted but i've got to get everything accurate because it is a record of golf history and that's how i see see myself as an artist well that that makes you more than an artist i mean that you're you're creating a legacy and there there is more to the story than just i painted a golf course because that's just the that i mean that's that's not even what i think you do i mean to that point and i'm glad that somebody else had brought that up that you are recording golf history and that painting mm -hmm. right behind you i mean how many hundreds of thousands of people have been there have seen that have walked that bridge whether it's tiger woods and jack nicholas or it's me and my buddy steve from canada like you know and he's played the golf course six or seven times and and just to, there's not not a golf course that i've played nor will play and i i hope to play a lot of golf courses in my time that is going to mean as much as it has when i played that golf course and that hole specifically yeah that i didn't make par i missed the putt i didn't get up and down from the valley of sun but I'm not bitter about that, but like, what's the <laughs> cool though? About, yes, you are. <laughs> I'm bitter about the double bogeys that I made on the front nine too. But oh, I'm yeah. on that tee box, and I'm thinking this isn't even that long of a hole, and it's really not. It's flat. Do not go right because that road is right on the golf course. Yeah. But there's a road that goes across the golf course, and there are cars driving across the road. I had to wait for a van before I could hit my tee shot, and that's just. I mean, I, I flew the, the road by 30 yards, but still, it's just a... Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, like I say, it's a, it's a city built around a golf course, isn't it? it? It really is. I mean, it's just... It's it's a working city. So, yeah. you've, obviously, you've been to a lot of golf courses over the years. You've painted a lot of golf courses, some of the most iconic courses on the planet. Are there any courses that you haven't been to and haven't painted yet that you want to visit and paint? Yeah, yeah. I've got, uh, I've got a little um, bucket list, if you like. Um, I've been lucky enough, I've painted in Australia, I've painted in Japan, I've painted in Indonesia, Dubai, I've painted three paintings for Sheikh Mohammed and Matt Toom, who owns, uh, used to own, or still probably does own, Dubai Creek and the Emirates Club. Um, I've painted uh, quite a few in Australia and um, China, I've painted in China as well. I'd uh, painted Pine Valley. I know it sounds a bit strange, Pine Valley in China, but there's Pine Valley with a little word in front that says Rainwood, <laughs> Pine Valley. Um, I've painted in Canada and America, most of Europe. Um, the, the, my short list or hit list or a bucket list, if you like, would be I, I've never painted in New Zealand, and I want to get out to New Zealand to do a painting there. I'm working on trying to get a commission going in Russia at the moment. So I've got Russia, New Zealand, India. I'm talking with Calcutta Club at the moment, but it's very difficult to deal deal in India. It's got to be a you know, they like to bargain, and I don't reduce my prices because you know I only do so many a year, and I've, I'm protecting those people who have already bought a painting, and so I can't do it at a special price. So that's going to be a very difficult one to get over. And my last on the hit list is Hawaii. I've not been out to Hawaii before. I know, I know, yes, I know. And I've got a lot of wonderful courses. But I'm presently talking with a club in Hawaii at the moment, and it's looking very good. Just Which waiting one, for the I'm Are you able to say? Um, not really at the moment, no. Because <laughs> if, it, if it doesn't work for whatever reason, Troon obviously manages several properties in Hawaii. And I'm yeah. very good friends with the general manager at Princeville Mackay. And I also know the general manager at Kapalua quite well. So... If nothing else, I can make the introduction via email and say, hey. Which is the course that's got that very famous par three across the water? I mean, 
throw a dart. I mean, they all do. All of them have. <laughs> I mean, has got a really good one that's right on the water. Kapalua's Bay Course, not where the PGA Tour plays, has a has a. It's the only par three over water on the island that's actually truly over water. So it's yeah. Kapalua Bay Course is the one that I think you're referring that to. That might be the one I'm doing. Hmm, that's nice. Well, I know the general manager there quite well. So if there's anything I can do to help push that along, you let oh, me know. Wow. Oh, wow. Now. When you go to paint a course, do you get to play it too? Is that part of the deal? I mean, surely that's oh, part of the deal. But, you know, I get the opportunity to always play play the courses you want to play with the, the captain or play with the secretary or or a, a secretary in the UK, GM in, in the US and Canada. Uh, I I do play if I've got maybe if I'm there for a week, but generally speaking, I um I get very excited when I get in a golf course. My my job is to try and find the heart of the golf course. I like to be there on my own in the morning and the evening with no one about and just get the feel of the place. You know, when I go to a golf club to do my photography, I will do in the region of about maybe 1,200, 1,500 photographs for one painting. I mean, I know it sounds absurd, that amount of photography I'm doing, but, you know, I'm taking photographs of the, the type of ducks that are in the water or the squirrels running up the tree, the type of tree it is, the bark in the tree, things that I have, I think that's interesting. And I create these little memories and I photograph it. And then I have a little board beside me next to my easel. And the photographs of what I remember and how I felt when I was on the golf course go on that board while I'm doing the painting. And I, what I do, because it takes me a month to do a painting, I keep referring to that. And I remember what I was looking at and how I felt when I was there. I'm able to portray that into the painting. That is, that is wicked cool. Like the process for a painter is, I'm not a painter by any means, but to just, and the fact that it takes you a month, I mean, is that, is that just how long it happens to take? Or do you have a kind of a goal that you want it to be a month or less? Or yeah, sometimes a little less a month, sometimes a little more. When I've got buildings, I guess it takes a little more than a month. Uh, less buildings, a little less than a month. But the, the painting is built up in uh, several layers over a period of, uh, you know, a week to, to build the layers up before I start any of the details. It's called underpainting. And um, most artists start to work on the top, fill it all in. Well, I don't do that. I work the whole canvas all, all at the same time, you know, starting to build it up. Uh, that's very arty, by the way. <laughs> now, let's say John Doe Golf Club wants to hire you to, to paint a hole. What's the process from contact to a finished painting? What is that process? Well, I, I go out. Uh, I love to meet the GM or the course superintendents are, are great guys. I get on great with them because they've got the same affinity as I do of seeing the course and the way they see it and what they're putting into the course. And I get a chance to meet you, the course superintendent, the GM. Uh, I go out there. I would photograph the course over a period of three days. I present the photographs back to a golf club. They, they um, maybe half a dozen photographs. I don't present the 1,500 photographs I was talking about. I'll choose six, and I will say there's my selection of six, maybe 18, nine, and a couple of other holes or two views of 18. And they'll say, look, we love number 18, but we think is it possible to bring the background up a little stronger, show more of the green in the clubhouse? Then from that, I do a working sketch in pen, like an, a golf course architect and just – I would uh, have little notes and arrows saying I'm going to make this a bit grander and you'll see more of the tree and I'm going to move this tree a little bit to the left. I don't take trees out, by the way. I don't cut trees down and move things around. I just I move them ever so slightly so you can get a better angle. 
Um, and that's that's uh, that's what I do. So once they've decided on that view, um, then I go ahead, and that from that moment on, it takes a month to complete the painting, and then we have an unveiling at the club. So we generally do that. It can either be a standalone event, or it can be an event in conjunction with a member guest uh, event that they have at the club. And we show a two-minute video of the painting being painted start to finish so people can see it all coming together. I'm glad you do that. That's cool. I think it's important because a lot of artists wouldn't do that because they do it in a different way from me. And it's not really so interesting because it's not really so painted. It's drawn in and, you know, working a bit like that. And work. So I, I think the way I do it is very traditional. Uh, I work the same way as the old masters. I'm not... Comparing myself with the old masters, please understand, I'm just saying I work in the same style and the same method of building up in thin layers of paint. And then once all the background and the drawing is in, I start to do the detail. So that's, and it takes a month. And we unveil the painting. And that painting is going to hang at that club for 200 years. And that's going to form part of the history of that club, which is just is mind-blowing for me because I know that what I'm doing, the quality of the art that I'm doing is going to last and it's going to be there forever at these clubs. These clubhouses are going to change. You know, they're, they're going to redo the course. They're going to knock down part of the building. But that painting is going to form part of the history of that club at that time. And that, for me, that's just the biggest thrill of what I do. That, that, was, just cool. <laughs> that was a sincere bit, by the way. <laughs> I mean, the... the the sheer power of what you've created is just, <coughs> and, and I wish that you did more than 80 a year because I want more of your, of your work out there. But at the same time, because of the amount of effort and detail that you put into each painting, I'm kind of glad that you don't do more than eight. And I, I want it. I want when I see it to know, like when you meet a Rory McElroy and he says, Hey, I have two of your paintings and you've never met the guy before. Like, that's just cool. I mean, that your name has got the the weight and it carries with the quality of the work that you've created. The people that buy your product know what you've created and then the courses can appreciate the work. And it's it's more than just a painting hanging on the wall. It's something that means something to that facility and to the events that you've, you've worked with. I mean, my God, you've worked with some of these events and organizations for almost as long as I've been alive. And that's just cool. I mean, to be <laughs> able to you know that you've got <laughs> now you've worked outside of golf a little bit and I didn't even know this. So Scott at Eat Sleep Golf, tip at the cap to you for the question. I didn't even know that you worked outside of golf. You did a painting for the Royal family. What did you paint for them? And what was that experience like? How did they find you? And give us the overview of that. Do you want to see it? Uh, I think I can have it right there waiting for us to show. No, no, I don't know. I actually have got it on my phone. I don't think it will show up very well on the screen, but uh, I can show you what I did. So I was commissioned by the Queen. <laughs> Sounds very grand. That is just uh, unbelievable. To do a painting. Like I, I'm uh, talking to a guy that I've met that paints golf courses that was commissioned by the Queen to paint for the royal family. Like, well, tweet that. I'm going to tweet that. Like, I'm going to tweet. Uh, that I, have been lucky. I have been lucky over the years. And I've had uh, Prince Andrew's unveiled a uh, painting for me, unveiled the 2000 Open official painting for the Open. I've had Prince Edward's unveiled a painting of a golf course in France called Ardelo. So we did that out in France, which is kind of cool. And then Prince Charles unveiled this painting. I don't know if this will show up on the screen or not, but if, if it does, we'll then that's good. Oh, my God, that is so cool. So, uh, and then 
this is uh, that was the unveiling with his royal highness so uh very nice gentleman that is awesome and do you know do you know what he said to me when <laughs> when when you're dealing with royalty there's certain etiquette you've got to follow and all the rest but i know that um they're not going to give you a true response of how they feel but they will always say very good job <laughs> that's what he said about the painting so i was very happy with that so very good job <laughs> that is so great like so that painting that you just showed did you have a photo of him on that horse or what was um I, I was i was it was meant to be a surprise a surprise uh, unveiling for him at the, at the guards polo club which is in windsor park which is owned by the queen and um my friend was with me my very close friend who's the chairman of craft nabisco but he wasn't allowed into the royal box. He had to look at the unveiling through the little window. <laughs> he, he, he's never had that position in his life, not being allowed into the royal box. I thought that was ever so funny. But um, really I was I was given nearly five thousand photographs because he's he retired from Poland in two thousand and two, and they wanted a retrospective painting of when he was playing, and they wanted to, to him to unveil, and it was a gift for for his royal highness. And um, so I got 5,000 photographs and I filed through them all and I created this painting out of these images. And um, he said he wouldn't unveil it sight unseen because he, he's not doing this anymore. He used to unveil paintings when he was asked. He's not doing it now in case, case it's not, in case it's a load of rubbish or some strange painting. So we had to send it to his equerry, which is his um, like personal secretary. And uh, they had a look at it and they were delighted. So we, they unveiled the painting. And uh, as I said, at the end of it, it's a very good job. <laughs> That's awesome. That's wonderful, wonderful uh, gentleman. I was mighty taken with him, I have to say. That's cool. Now, you've painted a lot over the years, golf courses and non-golf. What is your single most famous painting or the, the painting that you're most proud of? Uh, well, that would, that would have to be... Um, uh, the painting I did in 1995 for the Open at St Andrews, which now hangs in the Old Course Hotel in St Andrews, that was for me uh, a, a big moment. We we um, auctioned that live on TV and uh, said I made the statement that I'm going to be the first living British traditional artist to sell a painting over a six-figure sum. And of course, that's a big 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 bragging thing to say and you know i don't know i'm maybe a bit younger at the time and you know can i do it will i do it and and you know so we put a lot of effort into this so i did a big painting with seven foot by 11 foot we we created a video we had sky tv we had bbc stv all did articles on it and it was promoted we um we created a dvd or, a, or actually it was a cassette at the time because it was 1995 and it went into a box and I sent these to about 150 of the most influential golf people in the world, including our president and uh, to um, Saul Kersner in South Africa, to um, Prince Andrew, all these famous people and told them we're having an auction in St. Andrews on the Monday night of the Open Championship Monday night when it's a quiet time. We took a big room in the Old Course Hotel. We had arranged for Peter Thompson, five times open champion to unveil the painting. And I had a friend, Malcolm Campbell, who's a famous golf writer to uh, compare the event. Plus we had a press release and all that stuff. And we, we told everyone this was going to be the first painting to, 
to sell over a six-figure sum. And I'm like, you know, what have I done? Can you do this? This is ridiculous. So we had a whole bunch of people there, and then we invited 20 press, and we ended up with 120. <laughs> I'm exaggerating somewhat, but what happened was the press had nothing else to do on the Monday night, so they thought, yeah, I'm going to come along and see if this guy can do it. And I was always under the belief that, uh, you know, in Britain, they, 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 in America, they love positive. If you're successful, it's great. In Britain, it's not quite like that. They, they, they kind of wonder if you're going to do it. And if you don't do it, you get more written about you. If you don't do it, then you do. If you make a statement, you know, and I'm, I'm being a bit negative, but I'm, it's a bit of a joke. And uh, so we ended up with all these press and uh, we always gave the first opportunity to buy out of auction to the owners of the old course hotel, but they, they were never going to buy it. It was Japanese owners. And how wrong was I? Two minutes before the unveiling, the, pre the room is full of people. We've all got champagne, we've got canopies, and I get asked to go out the back. There's the owner of the old course hotel, um, Mr. Sakurai, Japanese gentleman. He said, let me see the painting. So we had to kind of shut them off and show them the painting. He said, I buy the painting. What price? I said, it's got to be over 100,000. So we sold it for over 100,000. So we had to announce that in the room, and several people got up and left because they were there to bid for the painting. No way. Yeah, one of whom was a very, very famous uh, comedian uh, actor, a uh, friend of mine, Frank Carson, who had a bid from a, a very famous Irish guy who wanted to buy the painting. And it, the, he, he wanted to show me the price that he was prepared to pay. I said, I don't want to see it. He says, I'm going to show you. I said, don't want to see it. And he showed me it. I wish I hadn't seen it. <laughs> it was more than I sold the painting for. However, first living British traditional artist to sell a picture over a six-figure sum. So... That was a big deal. Cool. I painted my mum and dad in the painting. I painted myself, my wife, my two friends, Graham and Graham, and 72 other people in the painting. Very small figures. So now that painting now resides in the old course hotel at St. Andrews. So anyone that ever goes in there can see the big painting. It's, as you walk in the main hotel, it's a huge big painting hanging your left. So I had to have seen it. I was there. I, I hung out in that lobby waiting for an Uber for at least 30 minutes. I had to you saw the painting. And I didn't even know. See, oh, go back. I gotta go back to St. Andrews, darn. You didn't know it was my painting. You must have seen the painting. Oh, oh that's so cool. Yeah, now, so that, you know, a lot of other stories about other paintings, but that's most important to me, that, that um, big deal. If yeah. you've not written a book yet, I want you to. Just every time <laughs> the painting. I feel like you could absolutely write a book. And this might be a uh, Nearly as many stories as you, Ricky. And I'm young. I don't have very many stories. I mean, you've got experience here. My goodness, you've been doing this for a long time, and, and you're so young. I mean, you just celebrated 60 at the old course. And then you said, yeah, yeah. It started in my late 20s, I guess. My goodness. Now, another painting that you're working with right now is uh, you've, you've been painting for the Ryder Cup. That's a big deal. Hopefully, Tiger makes that team. So, Well, he's absolutely going to make the team now. No question about it. Nothing. I mean, after his performance at the Open and his just oh my God. the ball. If you didn't choose him for the team, there'd be something far wrong. But you're working with him for a painting. So tell us about that project. And this is that part where we might have a little uh, a little surprise for our audience at home. Yeah, well, um, so I, I, I do the official painting for the Ryder Cup. I have done since 91. That's so cool. A beautiful view of the course. And then we produce a limited edition uh numbered print which i think is going to be 500 this time 
And uh, in, in the past, we've had the captain sign it, European captain, sometimes the US captain as well. It used to be a tradition. But because this is the last one and there's been a change of um, European tour uh, management, I don't think we're going to get this one signed by the captain, but I'll get some of them signed by Thomas because I know him quite well. And uh, so this painting is a golf course in France called the National, Le National, and it's beautiful Van Hege design course, really top quality. And it's a, they, play, they play the French Open there uh, nearly every year, and they had the Seniors Open there last year. And uh, what I do when I do Ryder Cup is I always paint it at the time of year that the event happens. So it's a September, late September. So I was out there the same week last year when they had the seniors event and I photographed the course because I want to see all the trees in color, the way the people would see them when they go to the event. So when they come in and they see my painting and they're looking outside, they're seeing exactly the same thing. And um, so it's, it's a beautiful course. It's a great view. It's number 18. It's iconic. Um, uh, we see it every year in television. I think Europeans have played it a lot, so I think they've got a tiny wee edge as far as, uh, having said that, US team's always strong, always strong. But uh, so I, I, I've finished the painting. It was finished two days ago. It's not varnished, but I'm now going to unveil it. For that you. is so cool. This, oh, my goodness. What a are cool you, treat. Are you ready for this? I am. This is like, this is like a game changer for the hashtag Windsor Natural. Oh, there we go. Oh my God, look at that. Oh, you can see that. Is the light good on it? Oh, the light is perfect. Oh, that's yeah. incredible. So this is 18th green, and that's uh, 15th green over there. And uh, I've got some ducks in the water. I've got. I've even got seagulls in the fairway because every time I was there, there was always seagulls. So little white seagulls over there. There's people up in the tee. That's 18th tee, which is a big par five. And this is first thing in the morning with the sun coming over the, the shadows over the fairway. And it's just it's beautiful. And you can see there's a walkway out to the green. It really is an island green. It's, it's a bit like a dye island green. It's an amazing golf course with a fantastic finishing hole. So there you go. First person to see the original. Oh, unbelievable. Holy cow. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that with us. My friend who will be meeting me in Dublin just in a few days' time. Uh, yeah. Michael Popoff is his name, and he uh, was there, played the golf course not long ago. He, I feel like, just travels around and plays golf and, and writes about the golf writer. And uh, I'll make sure that he knows that if he hasn't seen this before I get to Dublin, I'll make sure that we watch this portion of this interview together because that's just really cool that you're able to unveil a painting right here on the hashtag Wednesday Match Play. Like, that's, just that's really cool. It's sitting here in my studio, and I'm about to varnish in the next day or so, and uh, and then uh, we normally have an unveiling with, uh, we unveiled the one uh, for um, Glen Eagles at Medina two years before the event. So I did it two years out and um, we had the first minister of Scotland unveil it. And uh, it was kind of great fun evening. It was hundreds of people there. And um, afterwards he did a little speech standing in front of the painting. He said, here we are at Medina. Medina was designed by Scotsman. He's standing in front of my original painting, Glen Eagles. And then, and then said, in two years' time, we're going here to Glen Eagles, pointing about Glen Eagles, right, a cup painting. And he said, this was designed by an American. So it's kind of nice, the American Scottish. And he said, and the mountains were designed by God, and Baxter did the painting, <laughs> all in the one sentence. I thought, are you kidding me? So I said to the First Minister of Scotland, I said, do you mind if I use that line someday? He said, you're on. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> well, yeah. 
It has been so great seeing you and getting caught up with you and sharing your story, but we're not quite done yet because we have a fun segment on this show called the back nine. Like the front nine was all business, even though we had a lot more fun than, than I expected there on the front nine, but the back nine is just a little, let your hair down and have a little bit of fun. So ready for your back nine, sir. What is your favorite golf movie? Oh, well, it's gotta be Caddyshack. I love all the ones, but Caddyshack. That's it. That's I, so when I was in Rhode Island just a few weeks ago, there it was the I, like the 35th year of that movie coming out, I believe. And uh-huh. Golf Channel was obviously showing it on repeat, so I had to watch it. I watched it start to finish, and the one-liners in that, Bill Murray's performance, uh-huh. like, it's not my favorite, but it's it's definitely the older I get, the more it becomes closer to my favorite. You know, there's a new movie came out called Tommy's Honor of uh, Tom Morrison, Young Tom Morrison. Great, authentic. Scottish, wonderfully well written. And if you don't know this, you may not know the producer of that movie was on this show last season. So make sure you tune. I, he actually was on the show right when that movie came out. So it was pretty cool to get to know more about that movie. And I hadn't seen it when he was on the show. On my flight last September to the old course, I watched the movie. So I thought it was a fitting time. And they never filmed any of that movie at the home of golf. They filmed it off site and they did a fantastic all job. All of it. All of it. Unbelievable. It was almost parts that I said, oh, I recognize that. That must be part of that street. Yeah, nope. That. nope. Was that, that wasn't Sean Connery's uh, son that did that? Wasn't no. It? I, um, now that you're talking about it, you put me on the spot. I can't think of the guy's name. Super nice guy. Um, great cast, too. The movie was just fantastic. Oh, the cast were fantastic. It felt authentic to me. And it, yeah, I did. And it did not get the love and the support that I thought that it deserved. And I think that it needs to, it needs to be revisited and it's just a fantastic movie. And then to be to have watched that movie and then a few days later play that golf course and stand at the grave of, of young and old Tom Morris and just the, the history that's there. And just anybody that's been to St. Andrews needs to watch that movie and vice versa. Like, just unbelievable. I'm still sticking with Caddyshack, though. All right. I'll allow that. That's fine. <laughs> that's a pretty good movie. Now, the best golf course you've ever played, What what is the – not – Paintings aside, what is the best golf course that you've played from a golfer perspective? Okay, so um, if I had one course to play the rest of my life, it would be Glen Eagles in Scotland, Kings and Queens. If I had a second choice, would be Mission Hills in Palm Springs. Uh, best golf, of course, I've ever played in my life is definitely Augusta, and I played that this year. Um, I don't know. I, I've, I've been very lucky. I've been out in Melbourne, Australia, played out Royal Melbourne, Kingston Heath. I played in Kingston Heath with a, a member guest. No, it was a member's day. I played the, the honor me by allowing me to play around Kingston Heath with a very famous cricketer. Uh, Tom, he was involved with Tom Crow and they used to own Cobra Golf at one time. I can't remember his name. It was very interesting. I loved Kingston Heath, and uh, but my probably Augusta. That's <laughs> hard to pass by that. Augusta your favorite. Now, this is a hot, hot topic right now. Do you think, and I really am curious your thoughts on this because you seem like a traditionalist to me. Do you think PGA Tour players should be allowed to wear shorts? No. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. No. Well, a little nonsense. You know, I mean, they're getting paid enough. They can wear their long pants. We've got to keep certain traditions in the game of golf. You know, I'm not not like a drumbeat, you know, or we – you know, you can't use your cell phone and stuff. I'm not, I don't use my cell phone often. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. But, uh, 
No, I, I, I love the traditions of golf, the history of golf, and goodness me, give us a break. I will not be watching. I am with you 100%. If I see a tour event, they were wearing shorts at the PGA Championship just last week in the practice rounds and they were hitting balls and i'm like it just doesn't feel right it's not there is a point where it becomes about the tradition of the sport period absolutely Couldn't agree technology and apparel you could wear pants that make you just as cool if not cooler than wearing shorts you know you know i th i saw that thing with the shorts I, I didn't understand i thought it was maybe some kind of program or something and they were pros playing with shorts oh <gasps> Okay. Okay. I'm glad I said. I'm glad I said no shorts. Yes. <laughs> Me too. All right. So it's late, but let's have a drink. What are you drinking? Beer, wine, whiskey? Oh well, I'm Scottish, so I enjoy my beer. You know, I mean, everyone expects me to say whiskey. You know, I love uh, Brewer Laddie whiskey. It's one of the best whiskeys in the world. I love tasting whiskey, but I don't love drinking it. I love drinking beer. Just traditional. You call it light beer, but we call it lager in Scotland. It's like, it's like. Heineken, it's that type of beer, you know, Heineken, Stella, that type of beer. So it's beer. I'm a beer boy. I love it. I'm a beer guy, so I love it. <laughs> now, you've been in Naples a few times. I mean, I just saw you not that long ago. We were sitting in the rotunda having coffee. When are you planning to come back? Come back and see us. Oh, I've got uh, I've got a little bit of work to do out in Naples this coming season. I will be back. I'm coming out to photograph a course or two maybe uh, towards uh, October, November. I can't say at this date what it is. I will tell you uh, later on, it's very exciting. Two um, wonderful course out there, and uh, I'm pretty excited about coming back out. So I will be back out photographing mid-October, mid possibly. Um, uh, maybe end of October, beginning of November. So we'll be definitely catching up and getting the coffee and the lunch, probably. I'm, I'm hoping I can push you into some lunch. Consider it done. Now, that's a busy time for us because my tournament Hashtag the Oven 18 Invitational presented by Eat Sleep Golf is the first week of October. The Ooh. second week of October is Troon Cup, which is Troon's biggest Troon Privé private club division event of the year. It's at Tiburon. The wow. first, first part of November, we have the LPGA CME Group Tour Championship to get ready for. That's a oh, big, big deal. That's and then two weeks after that, the PGA Tour comes with Greg Norman's tournament. So... We got a busy fall ahead of us, but there is no you question need, that you and I will have time. You know, what you, need, you know what you need at Tiburon. You know you need a painting, one of my paintings in Prince. <laughs> you know how much I am all for that. I've been oh, for I'll that. Be on the day spot there. <laughs> I don't know where we would go, though. Like, do you do it from the clubhouse looking back 18 and 9? Do you do it like there's so many places? But uh, You know it, the place better than me. I haven't been out there yet other than seeing the course with you. Can we do this? Can, let's, let's, I mean, lunch is fine, but can we play when you're here next? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would yeah. love that more than anything. That would be I stop, I stop bringing clubs with me. I just borrow clubs when I'm hey, there. Hey, we got rental clubs. Don't worry about that. We have Callaway Golf rental clubs. Don't worry about that. Sounds good to me. Okay, you're a painter. What's your favorite color? And I'm going to guess it might be green, but I can do <laughs> Well, well, uh, yeah, uh, Oh, <laughs> I can't, I can't, green is just like, it just goes through my head all the time, you know, I kind of like, uh, I don't know, I'm an artist, I don't know what my favorite color is, it's sort of like uh, uh, Naples, Naples yellow, how about that? All right, like that. Well, that's that kind of color there on the RNA. 
What is your favorite PGA Tour major championship? Oh, I think, well, I love the Masters, but I mean, you know, the oldest and greatest, uh, this is not PGA Tour, but it's a major championship, is the, is the Open Championships. The oldest and greatest started in Presswick in the 1860s with old, young Tom, I think, played in that. I, I, I can't, can't recall. I don't remember that far back. <laughs> but uh, the Open for me is, is the greatest. Um, the Masters is just exceptional. They're all so good in their own way. It's really, really hard to differentiate. I painted the uh, painting for the, the um, PGA Championship at Kiowa Island. I've done uh, painted uh, for Augusta and I painted the Open. I've never painted a US Open venue, but I have painted for US Open champions in the past. So if, if someone, one of the majors is won by a player that I know, they'll commission me to do a painting. I've done Nick Price. I did a painting for him when he won the Open at Troon, at uh, Turnberry rather. I did a painting for Justin Leonard when he won the Open at Troon. I did a painting for Nick Price um, and for uh, Podrick Harrington when they won their PGA Championships. Uh, I also did one for Mark Brooks. Um, yeah, I've done a lot of paintings over the years for the major winners, fortunately. That's so really my, cool. I, I don't know what's my favorite. It's got to be the Open. Good call. And I'm glad that you didn't call it the British Open because that is not the name of that tournament. And that drives sometimes, me up the wall. I know, I know. I can't say the British Open. I've got to say the Open. But if I'm say, if I'm out in America and I'm speaking to Americans, I will say British Open. And then I back up by saying the Open and they always laugh because they know they know it's really the Open. <laughs> I think that's this is a sign of that I'm meant to live in Europe because I wear pants when I play golf. I button my golf shirt to the top. I call it the Open Championship. Like it's all starting to make sense now. Yes, yes, I like that. I like now, that. now let's go back to majors. Be careful how you answer this, and I'm curious because I don't know how you're going to answer this. But he's watching right above you. Do you think Tiger breaks Jack's record? Why or why not? I right at this moment after watching the PGA Championship yesterday, I, I, I got a, a whole different thought process on that. I cannot believe how well Tiger played to come back to almost win the event. If he played 17 better, who knows what would have happened. I'm very, very excited for him and for golf because you, you already heard half a dozen times the Tiger effect from, from this past week and everyone coming there to see how well he played and by God, he played well. Whether he, he beats Jack's record or not um, is, is totally up to him, and I'm, I know he'll try and do it, but uh, I don't care whether he does or doesn't. I just love watching him. He's been a wonderful player, one of the greatest of all time. There's no question him and Jack. I mean, how do you differentiate between the two? I mean, you know, Jack's won more majors and, and, you know, Tigers in this era. I hope he does. But whether he does or doesn't, it's just an honor to watch that guy play. And, and I tell you right now, he will make the Ryder Cup team. If he doesn't, I will not even remember who Jim Furyk is, and I will not watch <laughs> the Ryder Cup. No, no, Jim, Jim Furyk is going to pick Tiger. Would he you? has to. He has to. Well, it's, look at that. I mean, he's, he's second yesterday. And uh, he did so well in the, in the Open and, and other events. I he mean, almost it, won the Open. We forget that three, four weeks ago, he almost won that tournament. Without that double bogey bogey that he had on the back nine on Sunday, he's right there in the mix of that tournament. I know. It was incredible. Just incredible. And, and So Tiger Woods, a lot of people, uh, 
you know, maybe don't like him or whatever for the things he's done, but he's done a lot for golf. I think the guy's amazing. Uh, I think he's a wonderful, most incredibly exciting golfer to watch. And I just hope he, he gets back in and starts winning majors again. That's my answer. And think about this. At the PGA Championship on Sunday, he shot six under, eight oh. birdies, eight birdies, and he hit two fairways. Think about how good that is. Well, I, I forgot about that. The front Too nine is dreadful in the front nine with his drive. And yet, he shot eight birdies and six under, wasn't he? Six under? Eight birdies, six under par. How good that is. That Two fairways. Incredible. He missed fairways with irons in his hands. Like, yeah. come on. Now, he, he's, only think, he's only fractions away from being back to his best form, in my opinion. And I think he's got a different attitude now. We talked about that earlier. And I think his attitude... He's still very, very focused when he's out there, but when he's off the course, he's a, a much more gentle gentleman, I think. Now, one more question, but Graham, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I Like I said at the beginning, I try to keep this to a half an hour, and that was 45 minutes ago. We're well over an hour now, and I don't even care because well, really? we can literally oh, okay. sit here and talk for you'll days. You'll be able to edit this to death. I don't even want to edit it. No, it's full bore. We're going to release the entire episode as is because this conversation has been incredible. But your final question of the hashtag Wednesday match play is what's next? I mean, you're a busy guy. I mean, nothing like painting the Ryder Cup painting and playing Augusta National and turning 60. I mean, you've had a pretty good year. So what's next for you and your career? What's next is, is very interesting. Right now, I've been commissioned to paint... Uh, uh, paintings of Justify, the winner of the Triple Crown for both Bob and Jill Baffert. That's so I'm cool. working on doing two paintings for them. I did the paintings of American Pharaoh uh, for them before. So uh, this time I'm doing it for them and for the, the owners as well uh, for Windstar Farms. So I'm doing a couple of horse paintings, uh, sorry, three or four maybe, um, over the next uh, four or five months. So as well as doing my golf paintings. So I don't paint many horses, but when I do, they're great. That is so awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. This has been fantastic. Do what you can to get back to Naples soon. Like I said, the next time you get coffee, you get lunch, and we are playing golf. Like I'm just going to make – I'll take a PTO day if I have to. Whatever I got to do, we got to go out there and play some golf. It has been so much fun. Before you call off, what's your handicap? Because I need to know what I'm – it's going up. It's going up. It's 5.8 right now. Oh, my goodness. Well, I want all my shots. Just... <laughs> now, what's your handicap? I bet you got a good game. Uh, 3.1. Oh, my goodness. I want your – yeah, you're better than me. I want no, – I want... No, no, but I went up. I went up 0.1 in the last uh, – That means card. you made one bogey. Okay, calm down. No, no, no. It was worse than that. It was worse than that. I shot level par front and about five over in the back or something like that. So I just I started getting a bit sore. We'll play you straight know. up, and I don't care who wins because I just want the conversation. That's all I care about is having a good time playing the golf course. It makes it what it's all about, in my opinion. So, you listen, it's a real honor speaking to you today. I just want you to know that. And well, I appreciate you. that. And it's fantastic fun. Well, I appreciate everything that you've done and the relationship that we've built over the last couple of years, just getting to know you and getting the chance to meet you. And I look very much forward to the next opportunity to do that. Hopefully it's on the first tee. Everyone watching at home, click that subscribe button down below. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Google Play. Don't miss an episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play. Graham, it's been such a great 
opportunity to have you come on the show and share your story with everyone at home. And as always, on the hashtag Wednesday Match Plays, you have to remember to eat, sleep, golf.